Hello and welcome back to the Daily Royal, a podcast that covers the daily events of all the European royal families. We are continuing with part two of our 2020 in review is what I'm officially calling it, um, where we're just talking about highlights of each royal family throughout all of 2020. Um, So this is good news. This is bad news. This is just things that are covered the span of the news cycle for each royal family. Um, For some, that is really and truly just COVID, and for others, there was a lot going on. Um, And so in the previous part, we covered the first four royal families that I talk about. We covered Belgium, the UK, uh, Denmark, and the Netherlands. And with this episode, we're covering Norway, Spain, and Sweden, um, and talking about their years. Um, So we're just going to jump right in and start talking about the Norwegian royal family. was a country that had a rough year. Um, again, some of it I don't, I have decided to not talk about. Yes, I talked about it at the beginning of the pod, at the very beginning of like this whole podcast experience. Um, but since then, I don't. Um, I've learned, I've grown, I've changed the way I do this podcast a little bit since then. Um, And I'm just not going to talk about certain things. But um, it was a rough start in that in early January, King Harald, uh, who is 83 or 84, uh, went in to the hospital um, and was in the hospital for a couple of like, for a week, um, but then was on medical leave for a little while, um, and that's really, you know, that's how the year started, um, and then a couple months later, we're in a global pandemic, previously there was a, um, they did do a, I don't think it was a state visit, it kind of was, like, a, a visit to Jordan, um, where most of their time was spent with King Abdullah and Queen Rania of Jordan, um, And then they got back, and then it was a pandemic, so then they quarantined, um, and then, you know, the world was shut down. So, that's really just, like, how 2020 started, (laughs) um, for the Norwegians and for all of us, but, like, that's how the royal family started. Um, cut to that now, you know, King Harald has now been in the hospital once more. He was in the hospital um, through much of October, I think, I think it was October, yes, it was, um, and that, like, it was just a rough year, um, in terms of, like, his health, um, and also just, like, COVID, so he came back to work from his second hospital's, hospital stay, um, and then about a week, maybe two weeks later, 
uh, went into quarantine again because a staff member of the Royal Palace caught COVID um, and could have potentially spread it. Luckily, that did not happen, but a two-week quarantine was still put in place because that is what Norway recommends. Um, so it wasn't like a healthy year. Um, it was a year, this is, Norway is another royal family that like, I didn't follow a lot before January of last year, uh, January of 2020, um, But in doing so now, like, I would like to see what a non-pandemic year looks like. And, of course, that's not this year. Um, That's next year, hopefully. Um, But everyone has adapted a little bit more. So things may be a little bit more normal um, in terms of pandemic. Um, So another, like, there was... um, I would say this, like, my favorite event, hands down, in Norway was um, Crown Prince Akun. Aside from being, like, (laughs) the primary working royal of his family this year, um, which he was, um, he definitely had the most engagements, the most events, the most outside events. Um, He also, like, this year felt defining. Um... And one of those moments that I thought was, like, a defining moment of the year, um, and possibly for him, was that he walked or hiked the, what's known as the refugee route, um, which was a a trail created for people to flee Norway um, in the war, in the Second World War, um, to save themselves. So he walked that. um, And so typically the route goes into Sweden, um, but because of COVID, he, you know, got to the border of Sweden and turned around. Um, But I think that was just like a really great way for him to combine like personal interest as well as historical context and to honor the 75th anniversary of the end of the Second War, Second World War. Um, so that was just like, to me, this year, the defining moment for him. Um, there were some other moments, you know, he was responsible for the opening of Parliament um, because he was serving as regent, um, which he did a lot this year. Um, and a regent is basically like, a monarch without being king. Um, So you serve as a regent if the monarch is not able to serve in their role. Um, And so that's really, you know, what the year was defined by. Um, I think it, like, is a very cool way to introduce him and have him gain different experiences before, um, officially, you know, when he does become king. Um, and that's not something, like, I want to talk about necessarily, but, like, it is something that was on my mind a lot in 2020 was how prepared he has become through 2020, um, for this role. 
uh, that he will eventually take, much like any heir to the throne will eventually take. But, like, this year it felt defining for him. Um, so that's, you know, again, Norway is one that was, like, I don't want to say boring, but there was so much bad news that, like, the good stuff kind of got hidden in it. Um, and it wasn't just, like, the royal family's bad news. It was just global bad news. Um, you know, a global pandemic does not lead for fun things. So Norway just kind of led their life. I don't know if this is normal. Like I said, I didn't follow them closely before January of 2020. Um, I knew of them like I obviously um but I didn't watch their comings and goings closely at all um so that's something that I'll watch in 2021 but like who knows what this year will bring um I'm definitely you know thinking more of the status quo at least for the first six months um and we'll see what happens later on um but so with that we are going to move on um to the Spanish royal family and their 2020 review. Spain. I feel like I should make something very clear at the get-go. Um, I have made this clear, I think, throughout the whole year. Spain, the Spanish royal family, is the reason I got reinterested in following the royals um, in, like, the fall of, ni- of 2019. Um, and why I decided, like, I wanted a podcast that talked about more than just the British royal family. Um, that is something like I truly value and think is really important, um, because I couldn't find podcasts about them. Um, I also speak Spanish and like really dove into Spanish culture this year, um, or in 2020, I guess. And a lot of that is due to Spanish, to the Spanish royal family. Not all of it. Um, once I delved in, I began to love their history and like the fact that they're a growing democracy out of, uh, (laughs) um, out of a fascist regime, um, like, I think is really awesome, and I love the history there. That being said, because of that, um, they are the royal family I have followed the closest in terms of other news reporting. Um, in terms of what I talk about here, kind of all of that came from the same, um, but, the other pieces of, like, Spanish culture and the culture surrounding the monarchy and stuff that I, like, those tidbits that I have are because I followed them the closest um, throughout the year in terms of, like, newspapers and from Spain and things like that. Um, and also, they just had a really bizarre year. Um, 
So we're just going to talk about it. I'm going to try. I'm definitely not impartial by any means. I think I have made that exceedingly clear. Um, in my podcasting world, I am a person. I don't comply with journalistic ethics because I'm not a journalist. I don't see myself that way. I am a fan who has opinions that I am sharing. Um, but I do try and report. <laughs> I try to share the news as unbiasedly and then I will give my opinion. Um, so there were so many things in Spain and it's hard to separate them um, because they were all kind of combining together into this wonderful mesh of what a bizarre year. Um, and so I think the, we're going to start with the bad stuff here first at this point. Um, so in March, a lot of stuff was being reported on about former King Juan Carlos, who is, uh, King Felipe's father. All of that was happening, um, all financial money laundering, money schemes, things that I have talked about that I describe as shady, um, because they were, um, calls for lots of different actions there. Um, I have a whole episode basically focused on this, uh, that came out in August, maybe? Um, now I can't remember when it came out, but, um, I think it's like, let's talk about Spain or something is the title of it. Anyway, it talks all about like where this drama started and what's going on. Um, and I don't want to talk about that because I've talked about that. Um, it is my favorite thing to talk about because it's so dramatic and like, so stereotypical it hurts like it's painfully stereotypical of <laughs> the times and just oh it's so bad um so I love talking about it but like I've done an episode on it I don't need to talk about it at length what I do want to talk about is like specifically the response and like what that had has led to throughout 2020 um so the Spanish monarchy is a very divisive thing. Um, somehow the monarchy has become a very right-left split issue. Um, conservatives and liberals are very split on the issue of the monarchy, and it's very obvious. Um, and so because of that, the year has literally seemed to be King Felipe playing ping pong, um, essentially, with the left who is running the government and the right who are seemingly the only supporters of the royals. I don't think that's completely accurate. Life is not that black and white. Um, but Spain kind of is in terms of like love or hate. It's very much one or the other. There's no nuance in that um, from what I can tell. That being said, um, 
King Felipe has played ping pong extremely well. He addressed the issue pretty quickly. Um, Some may say not enough, but like he addressed it. He talked about it very quickly. He dealt with it. He removed, you know, allowances and stuff like that. Like he did good work, Um, but the issue didn't go away. And so all of this is happening in the middle of a pandemic. So the focus obviously needs to be on the pandemic, not King Juan Carlos and his nonsense, bad history stuff. So we're trying to walk and chew gum, right? Like we're, how do you do both? Obviously the pandemic needs more attention and it got it. So things kind of continued as normal, but there were subtle hints throughout the year of like, moving Juan Carlos out of the picture and bringing in Princess Leonor, who is the daughter of King Felipe and Queen Letizia, um, an heir to the throne, and also 15, but bringing her more into, like, the fold as showing, you know, this is a hereditary monarchy, here's how things are going, um, and, like, showing her what is undoubtedly the most mature child heir to the throne that I have seen so far. Um, I follow all of them. I guess the only one who is a little bit more ahead of Leonor is Elizabeth from Belgium. There's also a three-year age difference, four-year age difference there. Um, yeah, four years. But, like, those two have definitely proven themselves to be the most mature so far. Um, also the only ones that have done more than a few official engagements at this point. Um, but it was very much a, like, hey, this is the direction we're moving, we're moving forward, we're kind of forgetting Juan Carlos and moving on to the future. Um, and so I, I personally think, like, they did a really good job of, like, just moving through the year. And all of the craziness that the year has brought. Um, Spain is an interesting country in that it is one of the only countries that has had a national period of mourning, a national funeral for victims of COVID-19. You know, and I, I say that because they had it... Maybe a little too soon, given that they had it in July and it's January now of the next year and many more people have died. But the the fact of the matter is they gave the Spanish people a way to mourn. Um, The royal family was very involved in this. They were in attendance at the ceremony. They were very involved. Um, And so, like, the whole year for Spain has really been this push and pull of left v. right, pandemic v. Juan Carlos drama. Like, it's just been so much. Um, and it was it was really interesting to follow. And this is where I kind of learned following them. Um, because at the very beginning, when all this Juan Carlos money laundering and money stuff was coming out... Uh, they were really trying to pull King Felipe and Queen Letizia in and, like, under the bus with 
Juan Carlos. Like, that's what the left was trying to do. They were really trying to remove the monarchy. Um, and when I say the left, I mean, like, the furthest left. If you are Spanish, um, I don't necessarily mean the socialists. I mean Podemos. Um, it, it gets very hairy, um, and I don't want to go into all of that, but, like, when I say the liberals, I don't mean the, like, main party of the liberals. I mean the farther left. Um, so it was like a push and pull between left and right. It was a push and pull between pandemic and nonsense. It was a push and pull of, like, how do you have engagements and be seen by the people and also be safe in confinement. It was just a lot of that, like, all year. Um, I think <laughs> the tightrope, the ping pong game, like, whatever you're going to call it, Felipe handled almost perfectly. Um, I, as, like, an American royal watcher, would like to have seen things go faster and more direct but I also know, like, the more I've learned about Spanish culture and the more I've kind of dived into this these issues, King Felipe has been direct and it didn't do him any favors. And it wasn't, it was, you know, three years ago. I'm not going to talk about it. But, like, he has been more direct and it didn't go well for him. So I think he has found a balancing line. Um you know, I think 2021 is going to be a really interesting year as more um, reforms on the monarchy and the monarch's power are put into place. Um, and this Juan Carlos issue is going to continue to happen. Like, it'll be an interesting thing to follow. Um, and But I'm hoping it doesn't define 2021. Also, there's a huge part of me um, that would be very sad if I did not mention that I am strongly hoping for a <laughs> rescheduling of the Spanish state visit to the United States that was supposed to happen in April of 2020. Um, I'm very hopeful that the upcoming presidential administration will continue that um, and reschedule it and have it be their first state dinner. Um, I don't know if that can happen in 2021. I want it to be a responsible, safe thing. Um, but, like, I was going to go to D.C. for it and then COVID. And so, like, I would just be very remiss if I did not mention that. I am very strongly hopeful that the Spanish state visit that was scheduled with the previous presidential administration can happen under this presidential administration. I understand if it cannot. I will be heartbroken, however. So if every government that I'm talking about could just get in line and allow that to happen, that would be great. Um, so that's my 2021 hope, is that uh, Felipe and Letizia can finally come to the States for this, that state dinner. So with that, me putting that out into the world, um, we are now going to move on to our final country, um, and that is Sweden, to talk about their 2020 um, experience, I guess. I don't know. Um, and so with that, let's move on to Sweden. Sweden. <laughs> 
right, we have made it to the end. Um, and there's not a lot to talk about here. Um, the Scandinavian countries were this year... I hate to use the word boring, but yes. Um, they got through the pandemic. Uh, things just kind of kept getting canceled. And so Sweden, like, it was just a boring year. Um, and I don't know, I've followed them closely previously and it's not normally this boring. Um, so I was, I was of course disappointed, but I think like it's 2020, everyone gets to do whatever they need to do to get through. So, um, there isn't a lot to talk about in Sweden in all actuality. This is going to be an extremely short segment, um, which I hate, but like there wasn't a lot to talk about. Um, you know, there was an attempt at a, um, tour of the 21 or so counties in Sweden, um, but that didn't happen. They made it through three counties, maybe four, and then it got postponed to 2021. Um, and that's just like, that's the story, right? Like, I can talk about Sweden's failure, not this royal family, but Sweden's failure to protect against COVID. Um, in a responsible way, but, like, that has nothing to do with the royal family. It's just why things kept getting canceled. Um, you know, there weren't these defining moments that happened before the pandemic or during. Um, it was just kind of a boring year for them. Um, which I think is okay. I mean, it, it definitely... I don't wish some of the bad things that happened in other countries on Sweden by any means. Like, it it was just truly, like, the most boring royal family to watch all year. Um, and that's really hard for me because they are some of my favorite royals. But, like, they weren't doing anything this year. Um, which, like, I, I understand completely. Um, but I'm almost like not jaded. I'm not, I'm like disappointed by the boredom. I was just bored. Um, they definitely always had like the shortest segments. Sometimes I would forget because they likely weren't doing anything because that's how the year went. Um, of course, sometimes that like bit me in the butt and they were doing things, but like, meh, I would talk about it the next day because ultimately like, the events weren't consequential. Um, I mean, they were important in terms of talking about COVID and talking about the effects on the people, but like they had a much more traditional, like royal role through the year and like no one else did. So it didn't happen in the same way. I don't know. It's very hard to explain. I wish I would have sat down with my thoughts a little bit more about this specifically because it was so complicated and messy and um, like they're just, 
there is nothing to talk about from Sweden. There were no big moments, good or bad, really, this year. There were cute moments. There were really exciting moments. But for the most part, like, it was a really boring year. Um, You know, Crown Princess Victoria didn't have any, like, defining moments like you saw in Norway from Akhun. There was no uh, jubilee or birthday celebration that was, like widely going to be celebrated anyway that got canceled like you had in Denmark like those three countries were boring but Norway and Denmark had big events that couldn't happen or big events that ended up happening just because of the nature of COVID um where Sweden didn't have any of that so sometimes there's like it's a roller coaster following them and every every day at the end of like my podcast roller coaster it was always like oh and there's Sweden at the end doing the same thing over and over again so that to me is like what defined Sweden this year is they were just a bore um it's not their fault it's 2020 it's the way they chose to their household and the government chose to handle 2020 and COVID and all of that like it all is fine it was just boring um (laughs) So again, just to end the podcast roller coaster, that is a two-part podcast, I found Sweden boring. <laughs> um, it really should have like started with them or something. I don't know. Um, but so that is the 2020 review episode. Um, I split it into two parts. If this is the first part you're listening to, great. Go t- catch part one where we talk about the UK uh, Belgium, Denmark, and the Netherlands. Um, and if this is the second part, awesome. Um, I will be back. Let's see. The fifth will be the next episode I post. And that is more than likely just going to be a, like, where we're headed in 2021 through the podcast. Um, so kind of a refresher on who I am, what this podcast is. Um, And we'll go through any events that have happened. I don't expect a lot to happen on Monday by any means. Um, There are a few bits and pieces happening from royal families here and there right now. Um, So the episode that goes out on Tuesday will really just be, um, you know, here's an introduction to how things go. And we'll cover any events that do happen um, this first week of January is going to be really slow. Um, and then we'll pick back up a little bit. Um, but we can do a lot of housekeeping stuff this week. Um, and also just a way for me to get back in the habit of recording five times a week because I seemingly have forgotten how, um, I'm getting better each time, but like recording yesterday's episode was actually nerve wracking, um, because I took a month off. Um, So we're just kind of going to go into all of that um, in the episode that goes out on Tuesday, but it'll also cover anything that has happened um, from today, the first, to whatever happens on the fourth, um, if anything. So with that, I will end this podcast here and I will talk to you all on Tuesday. But until then, have a great rest of your weekend. Happy New Year. And I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bye.